Hi guys, this is Fiona from IELTS Exam Training Courses and Members Academy. I was looking back through the last few podcasts and realised I've done quite a lot of listenings and general training, but I haven't done a nice, difficult academic reading for a long time, and so that's what I'm going to look at today. This one's a particularly useful one, I think, because of the density of common vocabulary. So if you go to my website and find the mind maps under the vocabulary section, you'll find a whole mind map about travel and tourism. And this particular reading is all about the people of Lapita. They call the Lapita, I think. That's how you pronounce it. And this is all about how they um, migrated um, centuries ago. It's called Beyond the Blue Horizon. And I'll go through some of that crucial vocabulary at the end. Um, But first of all, just to say that it is a part three academic reading. So it's difficult. Um, On the other hand, it's very typical in many ways. It's divided up into three sets of questions and the three sets of questions, as usual, mirror the structure of the text. So very often this kind of text um, will have lots of different theories. So it's got a subtitle. The subtitle is Ancient Voyagers Who Settled the Far-Flung Islands of the Pacific Ocean. So that sums it up, really. It's all about ancient voyagers, ancient being a key word, of course. We've had that in our Advent Adventure for Pronunciation, the uh, ancient and Asia being keywords. Um, and they settled, that's another keyword we've talked about before, settlements and far-flung islands, far-flung meaning remote, faraway islands and the Pacific Ocean. So, so many themes here that are important for IELTS, especially the kind of ancient cultures, um, ancient tools, how they survived and uh, traveling, basically. But it's a theoretical paper. Um, it's uh, It has a lot of opinions about what happened to the Lapita, how they travelled, where they travelled and of course some evidence which prompted the actual uh, reading. So the first paragraph looks at, it always starts with a kind of interesting story doesn't it, a kind of first paragraph, um, oh my goodness, one day they were you know planting crops and they suddenly found a grave and it turns out that this was a very important archaeological find and then it goes into the background and then into the kind of problem there's always a problem you know the puzzle they haven't found out everything and then the theories about those solutions So that's exactly what this one does. Um, So it starts off an important archaeological discovery on the island of Efate in the Pacific Archipelago of Vanuatu. Don't worry about all of those words. Has revealed traces of ancient seafaring people, the distant ancestors of today's Polynesian Polynesians. Um, They say an agricultural worker 
um, was digging in a derelict plantation and opened a grave. Um, and it's the oldest cemetery ever found, and it harbors the remains of the ancient people archaeologists call the Lapita. So that's the first paragraph. Then it goes into a bit of background about the Lapita because it has caught our attention. It has, you know, raised our interest. And then it goes kind of, it rewinds a little bit. Um, it goes back to tell us a little bit more about the Lapita. So the second paragraph says they were not just explorers, again, keywords, they were pioneers, keyword, uh, carried everything with them, the tools they needed to build new lives. So they took their livestock, um, their seedlings, their food and their tools. And within a few centuries, they stretched the boundaries from Papua New Guinea to Tonga. So that kind of outlines where they traveled from and what they took with them. Now, it, it introduces the problem. It says, however, they left very few clues about themselves. But this find, that's why it's important. So again, you know, when you're writing an academic paper at university, you have to have a reason for writing it. You've got to say um, why you're writing this. Well, because of this discovery, it, it's, it's opened up um, a lot of areas to explore. So it says, you know, there were 62 individuals in the pots, um, also included some other things like a burial urn. Um, and then you've got the introduction of a professor. So looking at capital letters, Matthew Spriggs from Australian National, National University. And he confirms that they are definitely Lapita remains. So that's all the background on why it's important. Now it goes on to ask and answer a few questions. So the first question, this is paragraph four says that this DNA may help answer one of the most puzzling questions in Pacific anthropology. Um, did all Pacific Islanders spring from one source or many? So this is obviously the question they're going to try and answer in the text. Well, actually one of many. It says, was there only one outward migration from a single point or several from different points? So this tells us that there is a question that we don't yet know the answer to. So the importance again of this find is that it might tell us something more about where the Pacific Islanders came from. And then the next paragraph goes into more detail about a stubborn question which for which there is no answer at the moment. How on earth did they travel so far? Basically, that's that's what it comes to is how did they accomplish the ancient equivalent of a moon landing many times over? So this is the crux of the issue. And uh, no one has found their canoes or anything about no information about the canoes, kind of canoes that they sailed in. And also all of the oral histories and traditions don't really help very much because they're mostly, well, myths, really. Um, so then we've got another expert called Jeff Irwin, professor of archaeology at Auckland University. And he says, all we can say, this is all we know, is that they had canoes that were capable of ocean voyages and they had the ability to sail them. 
Um, the sailing skills were developed and passed down over the years. Um, and, you know, they say that they know that they gradually worked their way through these islands of the Ar- archipelago. Um, but the real adventure didn't begin until they started going further. They sailed out of sight of land. And this, they say, must have been as difficult for them as landing on the moon is for us today. And so this brings another question. What gave them the courage to go out on such risky voyages? Well, paragraph seven um, says that they went into the Pacific against the prevailing winds. And this professor thinks that these headwinds might have been the key to their success because they could sail out for days uh, into the unknown, but they were always secure in the knowledge that if they didn't find anything, they could turn round and get a quick ride back home because of the trade winds. And this, he says, is what would have made the whole thing work. This thing he says is all because of these winds. Um, Then once they were there, they could have spotted lots of kind of clues, leads to help them find land. For example, seabirds, coconuts and twigs carried out to sea by the tides. Then paragraph eight says for returning explorers, um, their, the geography of the islands would have provided a safety net. Um, without this, um, getting lost and sailing off into eternity would have been too easy. So it was actually the geography of the islands which helped them be sure that they could come back safely. So Vanuatu stretches 500 miles and so you can easily see the islands and they would know how to find their way home. Now, again, whenever there's a problem and a solution, there's a, there's a question mark. Um, this kind of, in paragraph nine, a new professor, Athol Anderson, again, professor of prehistory at Australian National University, he says um, that this, all of this guesswork assumes that they had mastered the advanced art of sailing against the wind. But he says there's a problem. There's no proof that they could do this. Um, We just assume that they could have done this. Um, But nobody, he says, has any idea what their canoes looked like or how they were rigged. So Anderson, therefore, because he's an expert, has to provide another explanation. He says that possibly the El Nino effect um, helped them. He talks about the same climate disruption that affects the Pacific today may have helped scatter the Lapita. And he says that there's evidence from the corals which show that there were unusually frequent El Ninos at the time of the Lapita expansion. And he says that these super El Ninos might have taken the Lapita on long, unplanned 
voyages. So that's his explanation. Remember, in this type of reading, there are different types of explanation and every theory has a question mark placed against it. Finally, the conclusion is that we don't really know, (laughs) as so often is the case. However they did it, they spread themselves a third of the way across the Pacific and then they stopped for reasons known only to them. We don't know why they suddenly stopped. Um, Maybe the vast emptiness of the Central Pacific lay ahead and they were too thinly stretched to go any further. Um, Finally, all we know is that there were only a few thousand of them and um, their rapid migration eastward, they encountered hundreds of islands, more than 300 in Fiji alone. That's it. That's all we know. So let's move on and have a look at the three sets of questions. The first set has the title, the Efate Burial Site. So that tells us very clearly that it's going to focus on the first three paragraphs or two or three paragraphs at the start, which was all about the discovery. Um, When you look at this gap fill, it's a gap fill, but it does have the answers and you choose from the answers. First of all, identify where this comes from in the text. And so we know right away that it starts at the start of the text. But also there's the reference to Matthew Spriggs, the first expert that we mentioned. And that comes right at the end of the set or the the gap fill. So we know that wherever it stops talking about Spriggs, then we can stop reading to find this particular information. So, as I mentioned, there are five gap fills, but the answers are taken from a choice of one, two, three, four, five, six, ten. So there are ten choices and five gaps. Um, We always say to guess the gap before you go and look for the information. So let's have a look. Um, I think you've got enough of the background now to make a few educated guesses. Um, It starts by saying a 3000 year burial ground of seafaring people called the Lapita has been found on an abandoned something on the Pacific island of Efate. So the burial ground has been found. The question is where? and on an abandoned something. So if we go back to the text, then, sorry, I'm just scrolling up. I'm on a different computer today. Right. Um, It says, "An, an agricultural worker digging in the grounds of a derelict plantation scraped open a grave. So the key word there is derelict because it's a synonym of abandoned and that leads us to the answer. It was a plantation, another key word in IELTS actually. So that's it. That is our answer. It's plantation. Now, normally in this kind of question, the words are not exactly the same. Um, 
Because they give you the answers, you're usually looking for synonyms. However, here the word is exactly the same and the answer is B, plantation. The same goes for question 28. It says, the cemetery, which is a significant something, was uncovered accidentally by an agricultural worker. Okay, so the cemetery itself it is a significant something. So I'm going to go through the rest of the options now. And yeah, we're looking for why or what is its importance. So we've got a proof. Well, we can't say it is a significant proof. Um, B is plantation. We've already had that. C is harbour. Well, we know it's not a harbour. D is bones, but that's plural. So it doesn't fit grammatically with a significant. E, data again is plural, so it doesn't fit. F, archaeological discovery. Could be. C, oh sorry, G is a burial urn. Well, no, that doesn't make sense because it, it says the cemetery, which is a significant burial urn. That doesn't make sense because a cemetery is where you bury bodies and a burial urn is a pot. Um, H is a source. Maybe. I is animals. No, that's plural. And J is maps. That's plural. So already you've got quite a few clues about what the answer could be. We're looking for something which is important. Well, if you go to the first line, it says an important archaeological discovery. And that's it, really. That is the answer. Um, it's unusual because it does jump back to the first line. But that is the only place where you'll find the answer in that location, i.e. in the first paragraph. It does say that it is the oldest cemetery ever found. But again, that wouldn't fit grammatically and there's no option for oldest. So we're looking for a noun. The synonym is significant and important. So the answer comes after important and the answer is um, archaeological discovery. All right, now let's look at question 29. 29 says the Lapita explored and colonized many Pacific islands over several centuries. They took many things with them on their voyages, including something and tools. So when we go to the text, it says they were not just explorers. They were also pioneers who carried with them everything they would need to build new lives. Their livestock, seedlings and stone tools. So we're looking for a gap which comes before tools. So you've got livestock, seedlings, livestock and seedlings. Um, but you're only allowed two words. So because it says actually livestock, comma, taro seedlings, that's two separate things. So the only answer we can put there is uh, animals. It's answer I, because that is a synonym for livestock. Next, we're moving on to Matthew Spriggs. And he, he says, um, right, it says Matthew Spriggs from Australian National University, helping with the excavation of the site. Spriggs believes the something 
which was found at the site is very important since it confirms that the something found inside are Lapita. So obviously something was found at the site, what was found and what did it have inside it. Um, it says in the text, the remains of 62 individuals have been uncovered so far individuals being people, and archaeologists were also thrilled to find six complete Lapita pots. Other items included a Lapita burial urn with modelled birds arranged on the rim as though peering down at the human remains sealed inside. So you've got two answers in one sentence there. The first one, 30, is what they found with something inside. So even though they do mention six complete pots, the only thing they found with something inside was the burial urn, that's 30G. And what did they have inside? Well, they had the remains. So a synonym for remains of human remains is 31D bones. Let's move on now to look at the multiple choice question. 32 says, according to the writer, there are difficulties explaining how the Lapita accomplished their journeys because... Now you've got four options. A. The canoes that have been discovered offer relatively few clues. B. Archaeologists have shown limited interest in this area of research. C. Little information relating to this period can be relied upon for accuracy. And D. Technological advances have altered the way such achievements are viewed. So, we go back to the text after the paragraphs, the first three paragraphs, um, and we're looking for why there are difficulties. We could probably guess this. Remember, there are two which are possibly correct and then two which are completely wrong. Well, why is it difficult to find out how they um, travelled so far? First, when the canoes have been discovered, offer few clues. Well, we're told that no um, canoes have been discovered. It says no one has found their canoes. Then in B, it says archaeologists have shown limited interest. Well, throughout the text, it shows how fascinated they are in this topic. And there are plenty of archaeologists who have studied it. C, little information relating this to this period can be relied on for accuracy. Now, this to me sounds more likely, doesn't it? So, in fact, in the text, it says the oral histories and traditions of later Polynesians do not offer any insights, for they turn into myths long before they reach as far back in time as the Lapita. So basically we can't rely on this information as being accurate because they are myths. And then let's go to question 33. Oh, let's just discount D as well. Technological advances have altered the way... No, I mean, there's nothing mentioned about technological advances. 
So in 33, it says according to the sixth paragraph, and the paragraphs are numbered, so you can go to the sixth paragraph. What was extraordinary about the Lapita? What was amazing about them? So first choice is A, they sailed beyond the, beyond the point where land was visible. That's possible, isn't it? B, their cultural heritage discouraged the expression of fear. Well, that sounds a little bit complex and we don't actually know very much about them. And it doesn't really make much sense. C, they were able to build canoes that withstood ocean voyages. Well, that sounds like a reason. You know, how, how on earth did they build these canoes that could cross the ocean? And D, their navigational skills were passed on from one generation to the next. Well, of course they were. That seems pretty obvious. So what we're looking for is what was extraordinary about them. And either how far they sailed, which was A, or C, how they built their canoes. And in the text it says... Um, the real adventure didn't begin until the Lapita descendants sailed out of sight of land with empty horizons on every side. This must have been difficult, as difficult for them as landing on the moon is for us today. So the comparison with the moon shows that this was the extraordinary achievement that they sailed out of sight of land. Um, there's nothing special about the navigational skills because those sailing skills were developed and passed down over thousands of years. He says that, but he doesn't say that this was extraordinary. Question 34 moves on to the seventh paragraph. What does this refer to in the seventh paragraph? Choices are A, the Lapita's seafaring talent, so their ability to sail. B, the Lapita's ability to detect signs of land. C, their extensive knowledge of the region. And B, the belief that they would be able to return home. Well, we can't guess this until we've looked very closely at the text. So when we go to paragraph 7, it says um, the nagging headwinds may have been the key to their success. They could sail out for days, uh, secure in the knowledge that if they didn't find anything, they could turn about and catch a swift ride back on the trade winds. This is what would have made the whole thing work. So the answer there is answer D, the belief that they would be able to return home. In question 35, it says, according to the eighth paragraph, how was the geography of the region significant? And let's look at the choices. It says, A, it played an important role in their culture. B. It meant there were few storms at sea. C. It provided a navigational aid. And D. It made a large number of islands habitable. Well, I think the answer came there in the previous paragraph as well. Um, we know that the geography was significant um, and that they were able to um, see their land. Um, so the exact words are, um, 
for returning explorers, successful or not, the geography of their own archipelagos would have provided a safety net. I'm sorry, I can't say. I say archipelagos. I know it's archipelagos. Would have provided a safety net. That's it. It was a safety net. The geography of of their own islands was a safety net. Without this to go by, overshooting their home ports, getting lost and sailing off into eternity would have been all too easy. So it provided a navigational aid, means it helped them find where they were going. So the answer for 35 is C. The paragraph goes on to explain a bit more by saying that Vanuatu stretches more than 500 miles and its scores of intervisible islands islands form a backstop for mariners riding the trade winds home. Finally, let's move on to the yes, no, not given questions. The first one is 36. It says it is now clear that the Lapita could sail into a prevailing wind. So let's go and find the wind paragraph. And it says, um, Athol Anderson, who's professor of prehistory, says, all this presupposes one essential detail, that the Lapita had mastered the advanced art of sailing against the wind. And there's no proof they could do any such thing. So he says that we assume, we make the assumption that they could sail against the wind. And this is an a very advanced art. Um, the text, or he says, that there's no proof. Um, so the answer for 36 is no, because it is the opposite of it is now clear. It's not clear, and there is no evidence. He goes on to say, but en nobody has any idea what their canoes looked like or how they were rigged. Question 37. Extreme climate conditions may have played a role in Lapita migration. So we go to the next paragraph where we've got some extreme climate conditions. We've got the El Nino. Um, so that capital letter would help us to find it very quickly. It's quite a common topic in IELTS and I've seen a horrible describe a diagram task one about the El Nino effect. So we have to know it for background knowledge. And do we think it played a role in their migration? Well, it says, rather than give all the credit to human skill, Anderson invokes the winds of chance. El Nino, the same climate disruption that affects the Pacific today, may have helped scatter the Lapita, Anderson suggests. So there is the answer that the El Nino climate disruption may have helped scatter them, move them around. And he goes into more detail. 
He says climate data obtained from slow-growing corals around the Pacific indicate a series of unusually frequent El Ninos. So even if you didn't know what El Nino was, you've got other clues. You've got climate disruption, unusually frequent El Ninos. Um, and then these super El Ninos might have taken the Lapita on long, unplanned voyages. Question 38 says the Lapita learned to predict the duration of El Ninos. Well, no, there's there's nothing there about them predicting this. It does say about um, weeks at a time, um, but there's nothing about them predicting that. Question 39 says it remains unclear. So this is kind of opposite to 36, where 36 said it is clear. 39 says it is unclear why the Lapita halted their expansion across the Pacific. Halted meaning stopped, key IELTS word. Um, So we're looking, is it clear or unclear? However they did it, the Lapita spread themselves a third of the way across the the Pacific, (laughs) then called it quits for reasons known only to them. So the reasons for stopping, calling it quits, quitting, finishing, stopping, halting, for reasons known only to them. So this means that 39 is unclear why they halted their expansion. So 39 is yes. Finally, it says it is likely that the majority of Lapita settled on Fiji. So we quickly find Fiji and in the last sentence there it is with a number. It says 300 in Fiji alone. But we're looking for how many Lapita settled on Fiji. So in the whole sentence it says they probably never numbered more than a few thousand in total and in their rapid migration eastward, they encountered hundreds of islands, more than 300 in Fiji alone. So can you answer that question? What percentage of the Lapita settled on Fiji? No, we can't. We know that there were a few thousand um, in total, and they encountered hundreds of islands, 300 in Fiji, but there's nothing about how many of the people settled on Fiji. So the last answer is not given. Okay, sorry, that was a long one today, but it is an academic part three. So technically it is more difficult and more complex than other passages, although I I don't think this one is too bad. Um, The good news for you today is that I actually have this ready on my website for you. I put it on the website first um, before I did anything else. So that's why I'm a little bit late this week and I am sorry about that. Um, But with Christmas coming, it just seems to be hectic and everything's happening at once. In the new year, I'm sure I will get back to my regular routine. But do have a look on my website for other uh, readings and listenings that you might have missed. Um, And I'm also finishing off a a listening, full listening course in the Members Academy. That's taking quite a long time. 
just because now I'm using real listenings um, and integrating them with my explanations. So it's even easier for you to hear where the answers are. Um, but I put the full test first so you can test yourself. Then I play parts of the test as they go with the questions and stop them and listen for the answers. So it's a really good way to build up your listening skills and that should be ready in the Members Academy um, by the new year, I hope. There's one course there already. Um, I'm still working on others. I'm also working on the um, phonemes or the phonemic alphabet, which we're doing at the moment on Instagram with one sound a day. And I'm specifically choosing sounds that might help you um, in difficulties with difficulties in listening. So, for example, a word like handbag, when you say it quickly, is called handbag. So very often you get those kind of words in the gap fill, and I've identified those for you, and they will be all in another course all about the sounds of English. Okay, so I hope I'll be back soon. Have a great weekend. Thank you ever so much for listening and for your support. Um, and I'll speak to you soon. Bye for now. Bye.